Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, sending out some big, uh, uh, look at that heart. That's a heart emoji that I've just created there. We're making heart emojis. You can't see it. No, mine looks a bit like buttocks, actually. <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Also, just a quick reminder that we do have another WTB New Material Night coming up on November 15th. Our fabulous guests are Bethany Black and a reoccurring favorite, Deborah DiGiovanni. 8 p.m. You can find our ticket link on our Facebook page. Oh, well, listen, Maureen. Thank you for that visual image that you were giving us just before we started recording the podcast. What I ought to say is we have already recorded this podcast. Unfortunately, it didn't record. And in that podcast, and oh, I'm almost glad it didn't record actually, Maureen, because the amount of time that was spent on a bone that you found in your bag was unacceptable podcast content, frankly. Can I explain to the listeners? I found a bone in my handbag, a meat bone, and I'm convinced it came off Jen Brister's plate. Jen is denying this. I cannot believe you're making me go through this again. We've already done this on the other podcast, Maureen. I can't do it again. Yes, sure, no one will hear that because it didn't record. But the point is, we've already been through this. I did not throw a bone from my plate into your bag so that you could fish out a bone. That just never happened. I'm not saying you threw it, but I think it fell off your plate and into my handbag. How? I would have noticed. I... I, I is it skating along my plate and into your bag? Well, you know when the waiter picked up the plate, he could have, you know, accidentally. Because I can't understand why I would get a meat bone in my handbag. But Maureen, you should know better than to question anything logical in your world. I mean, there could be any reason that there is a meat bone in your bag. I mean, to be honest, it could have been there for weeks. I mean, who knows? <laughs> have you been dating a paleontologist? Um, have you been dating Ross from Friends? <laughs> Because uh, that might be why you found a bone in your bag. No, but there was bone with meat on it, wasn't it? So I think it was quite recent bone. <laughs> Look, there's no getting away from it. 
I mean, again, we're just on the brink of COP26. This doesn't look good for me. I have, as we know, been trying not to eat meat. Yes, but I went out with Maureen and lamb chops were on the menu and I bloody well bought them. Okay, look, I don't want to hear any judgment from people. I understand that I shouldn't have had meat, but I bloody well did. Okay, I had the lamb chops. Guess what? I enjoyed the lamb chops. And even though Alison isn't a pathologist or even a doctor of any kind, she looked at your bone, Maureen. She looked at your bone and Alison knew. Say it, Alison. I did say it, it looked more like a rib bone than a chop bone. Is what? Thank you. I eat a lot Thank of food. Yeah. I, I do eat meat regularly. So I'm not saying I'm a bone specialist, but it did look more ribby than choppy. But hey. You know, I don't like to get in the middle of your guys' arguments. I'm just saying. <laughs> Ramaya, That's a wise move. <laughs> I know. I try very hard to stay neutral. What was disconcerting is that there was still meat on the bone, and that upset me. That that made me go, it's not Jen's bone, because that bone would have been cleared. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, I would have licked the platter clear. Yeah, but I wonder how long it's been in my bag. Oh, God. I would have sucked on that bone. That's not what I wanted to say. Okay, fine. <laughs> Let's, um... Actually, this content might get us more more listeners than the content we had before, actually. <laughs> yeah, okay. So let's shut it down, everybody. Let's shut it down. Can I explain the reason? Jen and I actually gigged together for the first time last week, which was why we met up for a meal and then we had a cocktail before the gig. And I don't normally drink before a, a gig, Alison, but then Jen offered to pay for it. So, yeah, it proved to be quite an expensive gig for, for Jen, all in all. Yeah, because she paid for yeah. dinner as well. A train fare and then um, up to London and then uh, dinner and then, uh, some cocktails. The cocktails were like 12 quid 50 each, weren't they, Maureen? Maureen was like, uh, I'll have a coffee. And I said, oh, I'll buy him. She went, I'll have a mojito. <laughs> <laughs> How was your week, Alison? Well, ladies, I had a good week. We didn't talk about it last week because I wanted to settle into it. But this last week, I did my first week of being a, a radio morning show host. Ooh. Yes. It's an online radio station called Back Channel. And it's a, it's in L.A. It states, friends, you can get it. People here, you can watch it online afterwards. But the whole point is that it's an interactive show. So I love, Alison, that you are the host of a breakfast show <laughs> in Los Angeles. I just absolutely, and you do the show with Hayley Ellis, who we also, we love, uh, it's a British comedian who we love, who's the uh, friend of the podcast. I'm just going to go out and say that. Yeah, you can, she's been that. on our new material night. She is 100% friend of the pod. So Alison June Smith, and it's Hayley Ellis hosting this breakfast show. Alison, what is the show called? It's called Hayley and Alison's Good Morning. So it's it's really interactive. There's no music, so it's literally two hours of us just chatting, getting people to like, uh, you know, because it's so basically it's a it's an app you can put in your on your where you, you can talk to your device and say you know device say and then they can answer our questions or add in. So it's all it's interactive. It's people there just chatting away with us, and uh, it's been pretty fun. Two hours in the morning, eleven eleven to one this time, six to eight a.m. in LA time. So yeah. wow. Okay, Alison, I'm just gonna go backwards a bit because I think I misunderstood the first time around when we were talking about this you said something about you say something into a device and it what responds to so if if the listeners at home so listeners are at home and Haley and i let's say we're doing our true and false segment right so we're like uh, 
did Beyonce say this, true or false? And then we would say, and if you're listening at home, just say to your device, say, and then give us the answer. So literally people just talk to their their Amazon Echo or their Google whatever. And so they talk to the device and then they just interact with us immediately. So then we see, what? yeah, so we're talking to people. That's This is absolutely blowing my tiny mind. It's pretty fun. It's the first thing ever of this in existence of like an interactive radio talk show. Wow. That does sound fun. And also the first time we talked about this, I misunderstood what you were saying. (laughs) But this sounds absolutely mad. Wow. Okay. So you get people actually contacting you that way and then you you can interact with them through their Alexa. Well, we we would say on the on they're listening to us. Yeah, so they would be like, so oh, then we and then you'd say it on it. Okay. Yeah, it's like a chat, but they don't have to type it. They can just like say it. Because for some of you get you get loads of messages, so you can't answer back everybody, can you? Exactly, exactly. Although the goal is for us to try and be as interactive with as many people as possible, and like it's not had a hard launch yet, so at this point it's pretty good. When there starts to be hundreds and hundreds of people at a time, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be able to interact with everyone. But you know, now and again, I'll be like Joan from Ohio. Thank you for listening, and I agree. This is Joan from Ohio. Absolutely. I mean, let's get her involved. She's got some shit to say. <laughs> it's a good time. So yeah, that's been my week. Alison, frankly, it sounds absolutely incredible. And and uh, I, I wish that we had it over here in this country. But for those of you lucky people in the US of A, tune in to, what's it called again, Alison? I'm so no, sorry. No, the station is called Back Channel and it's Haley and Alison's Good Morning. And they download the app, presumably, from the app store. Is that what they do? I think so. Uh, I would like to say technically I know what goes on, but I am simply the voice of what is happening on this end. I don't know. Look up back channel. See how it works. It's on Twitter. Uh, yeah. yeah. See what. See how it works. I don't know the technical side. I do know that you, if you're in the States, you can interact with us in the morning. By the way, I... Uh- I also start, I wrote because I'm doing a playwriting course. I, I started. I wrote my first scene, and I got feedback. And the f- feedback. I mean, obviously, I got notes, but on the whole, the feedback was quite positive. So I am pleased about that. I'm actually pleased I actually wrote something down because I'm a great procrastinator. I need to figure out what the next scene is. But apart from that, at least I made the start. <laughs> Are you literally writing this play scene by scene without having any idea of what the story is? No, I do kind of, yeah, I do. I kind of know because I do know what the story is. And I kind Thank of, God. The second act's quite strong. It's just figuring out everything. But uh, you know what? I'm reading a really great book. I don't know if I mentioned it last time called Playwriting by Stephen Jeffries, which if you're into, if you want to learn to play, read about playwriting or you're interested in, in writing for plays and stuff like that, honestly, the book is just amazing. My mate Lara gave it to me and it's, it's just fantastic. Maureen, I can't wait to read your play. As you know, I am a fan of your writings. I can't wait to star in it because I'm assuming I will be the lead character. Maureen is what's happening, right? <laughs> the lead character is going to bear a very strong resemblance to my, yours truly. I can tell you that. <laughs> I can do Maureen. I can do a Maureen. There's a bone in my bag. There. Nailed it. Nailed it. There's a bone in my bag and a yogurt under my sofa. Okay. I am Maureen Younger. All right. Okay. Um, Maureen, I, I can't wait to see both Alison and myself in the play because you only write about what you know. So we will be in there somewhere, Alison, disguised. You might be the, I might be the waitress uh, or probably no more in the waiter. And you will probably be um, the dog walker. The dog, yeah, that's what's the gonna dog walker. Thinly disguised Alison June Smith is the dog walker. Okay, great. Thank you very much, uh, all of you. 
oh God, I mean, listen, we're going to have to do this. Sometimes, sometimes I look forward to it, but uh, other times I just, I dread it. It's, it's, it's time to find out what is that modern youngest people money moment. I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh my God, boring. I don't, I'm not, I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. Well, Be My Morning Moment includes Jen Brister. Yes, yes. Because, uh, as I said, me and Jen were meeting up. We were, as you were, I wasn't meant to be doing the gig. In fact, we were going to meet up for dinner. And so Jen rang me because I forgot to mention Jen was actually starring in a film. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, I forgot to mention that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's, was, that, was, that was in the first podcast we recorded. You'd have heard that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't hear about that in this podcast, I'm afraid. So Jen, Jen was coming back from filming. She was going to meet me, so we go for a meal. Jen rang me up. I'm getting ready, and Jen was like, "Well, I couldn't really, wasn't really listening." And I given a vague, I given a not vague direction. I given her directions. So I assumed she was on a bus. So Jen was talking, and I just went, "Okay, then, lovely. See you, see you later. See you later." And I went to put down the phone, and Jen went, "We haven't actually agreed anything yet." And I went, "Just go to the next stop." She said, what, what are you on about? I said, if you go to the next stop, you'll be outside the restaurant. She went, I said, Maureen, you don't know where I am. So when you say get off at the next stop, I mean, I could be anywhere. And also, what stop? I'm on a train. I thought you were on a bus though, didn't I? Well, I don't know why you thought you were, I was on a bus because I didn't tell you I was on a bus. In fact, I, I, I need to be clear that the conversation that I had with Maureen Younger was, I phoned Maureen and I said, listen, I don't know. I'm, I'm in Woolwich. I'm just trying to figure out how to get to your house. And Maureen went, oh, that's going to be a bit tricky because there's no direct whatever. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll figure it out. And Maureen went, oh, let me Google it for you and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. So Maureen got on the old Google and she said, oh, listen, if you get, and then proceeded to give me the most convoluted way to get to her place that I just went, it, I just stopped listening. I went, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I said, I'll get the train more. And she went, well, you could get the train, but it's actually easier if you get six buses and then a carrier pigeon and then <laughs> ask a farmer Giles to give you a lift on his tractor and you will get there. I had said to you, you do this thing and then you get the bus. So I assumed she, take, she took the bus, but actually Jen was on the train. So when she went, what do you mean the next stop? I'll no longer be in your part of London. I was like, oh, aren't you on the bus? So this was the conversation that we had. Yeah, but I do remember saying to you, Maureen, just to be clear, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get the train. I probably wasn't listening to that. Oh, of course you weren't listening to <laughs> She had already checked out. She had checked out. But yeah, that was so funny because she went, okay, then lovely, see you later. She was like, we haven't, we haven't agreed. We haven't agreed more than anything yet. Imagine having a conversation with someone and your sole purpose for calling them is to make plans of where you're going to meet, what time you're going to meet, so I phone up Maureen. I can't even remember what the fucking conversation was that we were having. But it was, certainly hadn't got to the point where we had decided where we were going to meet and what time we were going to meet. I think I just said to Maureen something like, yeah, I'll probably be there in about 15 minutes. But I was like, I could have been her house. It could have been outside the station. It could have been at the restaurant. So I wanted to establish where Maureen was going to meet me. And she went, OK, I'll be there. I went, where? Where are you going to be, Maureen? We haven't actually decided where we're going to be. Anyway, look... I, I realise I'm just going over the ground that Maureen over went already has been over, but yeah. it's to emphasise my fucking frustration. <laughs> I, you know, you can unpack it as much as you want, <laughs> but at the end of the day, you just want to shove it all back in the bag. Shove it in a bag and drown it in a river. It's because I wanted to get ready. That's why. I'm busy getting ready. I have to hurry to get somewhere. I don't know where or <laughs> with who, but I am in a hurry now. <laughs> Yeah, Alison, that's pretty much it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs>
Well, Maureen, thank you very much for that uh, informative uh, be more money, not it. Uh, we're always learning something, and the, the, the thing that we're learning is uh, not to make plans with you. Okay, great. <laughs> Alison, we need you to make sense of the world for the heaven's sake. Please, can we head over to your wonderful corner? And now it's time to ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice, I ain't using it. The problem this week, this was a great, well, no problems are great ones, but I'm really very happy that this listener wrote in. Here it is. My new partner points out that I dress too manly uh, and would love to see me dress prettier. Uh, which I sort of agree with. I was a swim instructor for many years, so I would wear big clothes due to all the cold, but now I've stopped uh, and it's time to wear some nicer things. My partner tells me I act a very laddish and it's not sexy, but then tells me to be more confident, which I'm struggling with. I like to show my affection physically. She often does PDA and he says it's a bit sex pestery. So I hate saying he, she, I wanted to go my partner, my partner, because here's the thing, you know, I like to enter all problems with an empathetic, compassionate understanding of things. This one challenged me a bit, but I'm still going to give it my best. When it comes to what you're wearing, my first thought, and I think we all know this saying, and we all stand behind it, your body, your choice. You can choose what goes on in about your body. It's your choice. If you feel genuinely that you yourself would like to start wearing some prettier things, first off, you figure out what is your idea of prettier. And if you want to do that, you by all means go right ahead. But anyone who is going to love you will accept you for the choices that you make, not the decisions that they have decided to put upon you. I also want you to think about how were you dressing when you first met this person? I'm assuming you dressed your baggy swimmer way and they were fine with it at that time, but now they've decided uh, they want something different. And I don't believe in this. I believe the way you meet a person and who they are, that is the person that you accept and love and form a relationship with. You don't go into a relationship going, yeah, this is fine. I'll get into it and then I'll tell them I need this to change or I want this. No, you accept that person for who they are. I think a conversation perhaps. Now, again, look, was this one occasion? Was it a special event where he was like, hey, can you wear a dress to this graduation? Okay, look, that's one thing. But for someone to be telling you, to dress differently the way you are constantly, I just, this is a bit of a red flag to me. If you really want to pursue this new relationship further, I mean, have you had a conversation with them? An unemotional conversation where you can explain, you know, how you're um, feeling or, or do they understand how it's hurtful what they're saying? I would ask them that. Can they, can they acknowledge your feelings in this? Do they feel it's acceptable to be telling you how to dress 
and see what they say. Because by having this awkward conversation with somebody, look, I hope it makes you realize the red flags that are in front of you. And you know what? Maybe this controlling person doesn't even realize what they're doing. So in a weird way, you're doing your both of you a favor by having this discussion with them because maybe they need to flag it themselves. Maybe they need to realize that they have some... Uh, overbearing attitudes in regards to people. But I do just want to quickly remind you of the word gaslighting and the definition of gaslighting. Gaslighting is when one person keeps control over the narrative of what's right and wrong, which sounds a little bit like what is happening in this situation. Some indicators of gaslighting, you find yourself doubting your reality, your partner is dismissive of your feelings, they won't let you talk during a conflict, your partner doesn't apologize when you express hurt, your partner blames you or the outside world for circumstances, you start believing that you're just not working hard enough on your relationship, using your voice brings out feelings of guilt. This is why I want you to try and have a conversation with this person and please keep those seven things in mind. The other reason why I really want you to see this perhaps as a red flag is by telling you that they don't like the way you dress or saying they want you to dress another way. This is just the beginning of what could become some even greater controlling behaviors. Often clothing is the first way it starts. Soon you might see them wanting you to not spend time with people in your life. They may not want you to do certain things. Before you know it, they are dictating a lot of what they feel you should be doing with your life. And it's a very slippery slope, which is why I just want you to pay attention to it right now. They start small, but it can just rapidly change into a, a completely dominated relationship. So I want to say thank you very much to the listener for writing in. Again, I like to be sympathetic and empathetic when it comes to everything. But this one, I just, I'm with you. And what I care more about is you and you having the best opportunities in your life. And I don't know if this partner is going to give you that. Yeah, I'm with you, Alison. I had a boyfriend once, uh, once, had this boyfriend once who, we were, I remember we went to the cinema and all he did was nitpick. So, like, it started off my dress. He didn't like my outfit. There was nothing wrong with my outfit. You know, he was like, oh, you just look this, you look this. But he didn't like my laugh. We all know how loud my laugh is. It's like, well, if you don't like it, sit somewhere else. Uh, you know, it's, and it was just all evening. He was just nitpicking, nitpicking, nitpicking. And then got very surprised when I didn't go home with him that night. He was like, what's, what's your problem? And I thought, well, the problem is you've been criticising me all night. And all it does is it just makes you feel shit about yourself. And if he's making you feel shit about yourself, then he's not right for you. A hundred percent. Honestly, there's so many things I want to say about whoever this partner is, but I just want the listener to know you do not. This isn't acceptable behavior in any relationship, but certainly not at the beginning. No. I mean, not at the beginning, not in the honeymoon period. Come on, at least hide the fact that you're a coercive prick. This is unacceptable behavior. Nobody should be making you feel shit about yourself ever, ever. Okay. And also, what's like feminine masculine clothing? I mean, Marlena Dietrich wore inverted commas masculine clothing and looked fucking sexy in it. So it's kind of, a, and also, I mean, there are things like, you know, I have had boyfriends who I know they like a certain dress. So I'll put it on because I know they'll like it, but they're not telling me to wear it. It's because, you know, I know they're going to, you know, you know, because I chose to wear it or, you know, somebody should like me to wear heels. So I'd wear heels. But that's a different thing. 
You can't win. And what's going to happen is that this person will t- make you feel shit about yourself, about various different things, whether it be about the way you talk or the way the clothes that you wear or the friends that you have or the job that you do or whatever it is that you're doing. They will crit the, whatever. They'll criticise you and they will make you feel shit. And then you'll do one thing right. And that will be the thing that they focus on. Oh, it's so great that you did this. And you'll be like, oh, that's so wonderful that they've acknowledged me and they've given me that affirmation that I haven't had from this bell end up until this point. Okay. And then that's how they hook you in. Then you're hooked in because you're constantly chasing that affirmation, which they won't give you. Or they'll give you these little crumbs. And guess what? You don't need it from them. You know, you've got to find that shit for yourself. You've got to step away from this. I think, listen, I know Alison's going to be a bit more pragmatic about it, have a conversation with this person, talk about your feelings and all that. But for me, there are so many fucking red flags here. I would get the fuck out of, get the fuck out of that relationship. Just get out of it. But I think what they do is they make you feel like you're the one in the wrong. That's what they do, don't they? And also, like, there's, there's mixed messages, isn't it? You know, the, you know, so making her feel bad if she shows some affection. I mean, it... A sex pest is quite a strong term. I mean, if she was going for the genitals, then yeah. But if it's like holding hands or, you know, giving somebody a peck in the cheek, I mean, you know, it's all relative what you do. It's just so many mixed messages. Dress this way, act this way. The other thing too is, you know, um, you may not realise it, but I think sometimes when we have someone like this in our life, odds are there are some other people in our life like this as well. So by analyzing this particular relationship that is new and early on, you're probably going to do yourself a bigger service uh, proceeding in life because you're going to get a better idea of when you feel that from something. Because look, it's not even relationships, it's friendships, it's work colleagues, that this happens a lot. And also I think when you're younger, I don't know how young this or old this person is, but I think when you're younger, you do put up with more of that. Sure. Even I did, even though I am bullshit. Oh, we all did. I put up with a lot of that. And then when you get older, you're like, you just have that kind of, you're like, no way. I was saying to the girls earlier, I remember I was at a party once and this, I was actually chatting to this very sexy French girl and I went, oh, I'm just going to get some food. And he went, well, you could do with losing some weight. And I went, well, I like the food and I don't diet, so that's never going to happen. And I walked off and didn't speak to him for the rest of the party because I was like, you're a dick, mate. And uh, I think this, uh, whoever you are, uh, uh, our WTB listener, we've totally got your back. We're 100% on your side. And if you can take any advice from three middle-aged women, it's don't stand for this shit. There are people that love you, okay? And there are people that know you. Go to them. Go speak to that person that you trust to get an objective opinion about you don't go to this person because they've got some kind of agenda i don't know what that agenda is you know it might be just making you feel shit makes them feel good well makes them feel like their life is organized right they they've got their theories their their life is all they want it this way people in their life they need them this way so i'm very glad that we get to be the voice that says to you we see this as a red flag please pay attention also, this listener is younger, and you know what? Don't waste your time. You got you. You're going to have so many more people in your life and relationships. I've spent so many years with people that made me feel bad about myself. Seriously, and when you get to my age, you really think oh, I could have could have done the few less years doing that. Well, Alison, thank you very much for your advice. Boy, you look surprised that you're here. I've just woken up, and yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to. It's called being professional, Alison. <laughs> This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. 
Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks. Yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? <laughs> so, what has everyone been watching on television? I watched a film. I watched Widows by Steve McQueen. Yes, it's on Channel 4 at the moment, if people are interested. And I think it's probably on one of the streaming things as well. And for those who don't know, it's based on a TV series that was a big hit in Britain. It was absolutely massive and I think came out in 1983. And the conceit of the film is there's four robbers, they get killed in a job, and then their widows decide to carry on in their place. It was by Linda LaPlante, and at the time it was kind of revolutionary because it had these ideas of these women taking, I don't think that it's such a revolutionary idea now, but these ideas of the women taking over and becoming these kind of robbers. And so in this film, you've got Viola Davis is the, like the, the lead woman in it. And the original one, it was Anne Mitchell. And it was it was fine. There was a bit of violence there, which obviously I had to go into my bedroom, put some music on. So I may have missed a few points because there, there was a bit too much, you know, bits where I'm not watching this bit. Did you not think about just fast-forwarding it? No, no, I just thought I'd just leave the room. It's no, yeah, because then you still see bits, no. Um, and Daniel Kalu's in it, who's absolutely a right bastard in it. And he's it's brilliant. He's brilliant in it. I don't know, maybe it worked in the TV series better, but in the film, so they've got a month to become these robbers. And you kind of go... Would you be able to, like, in a month? If somebody said to us three, oh, you three have got to rob a house. And we go, all right, then, you know, we'll... And you, one of you said, like, you've got to get the guns. Someone else has got to find out where the building is, where they've got the blueprint to. Maureen, no one in their right mind would have you involved in any kind of logistical... <laughs> no! No! That would make no sense. Of course you couldn't do it with, like, three years' preparation, let alone three months. So, but this is the problem with the thing, because you kind of think, would these women be able to, within a month, be able to rob... You know, a house that's got security and a guard and, and get the right guns, and get the, whatever. So there is a bit of unbelievability in it, which I, th I, th I think may be more apparent in a film than it would have been in the TV series, because the TV series, you get the idea that it's over a longer period of time, maybe. But yeah, it's worth watching. It's uh, it's There is a bit of violence, but yeah, it was, it was all right. I love that you walked out of your own living room <laughs> while that seems on. I'll just let them do their violence and then I'll come back. <laughs> 
Well, you might fast forward and then they're still doing it, isn't it? I, I, don't, I don't know why I focused on that, actually. <laughs> out, out of everything that's been said about this this movie... I could ask you something about the characters or the, or the or the actors that are involved, but no, I've I've zoned in on the fact that you left the room rather than press fast forward. That's okay. <laughs> it's not a big deal, more than it makes some sort of logic. Okay, fine. Well, let's, let's no, move until forward. you go back in the room and it's still the torture scene. Do you know what I mean? Well, so then, then you'll go back so then out you, again. Yeah, so it's the, the same principle if you fast forwarded it, then wasn't it? As, as I as I suggested, just a little. Do you remember what I said? So you fast forward. Yeah, but then you've got to find the remote, haven't you? Then you gotta find the remote. Yep, this is. Maureen, would you recommend the film? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't watch it again, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, there's most movies I wouldn't watch again, to be fair. Oh, really? Yeah, most movies I wouldn't watch again. Some movies I would watch more than once, but I would say most movies I wouldn't watch again because most movies aren't very good. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. It's a fair comment for me to make. Does anyone? Maureen's eyebrows are being raised there. What have you been watching, Brister? I have been watching two films, which that I... I can't say I loved either of them, if I'm honest. Both of these you can find on Netflix. Look, they were A-OK. They just didn't grip me or capture my imagination in the way that I had anticipated from the trailer. God, the trailers were misleading. Anyway, the first one is with Jake Gyllenhaal and it's called The Guilty. It's about a cop who you don't know, you, certainly at the beginning of the film, you don't know what's happened or what he's done, but he's been basically taken out of working on the streets as a detective or whatever, or as a, or as a police officer. And now he is the guy that answers the 911 calls, okay, and tries to figure out who, you know, he, he, he's the guy that does that, that the triage sort of thing at the beginning goes right you go there you go there and da 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 da, da right so he's bored because he wants to be out on the streets uh getting the bad guys okay anyway long story short he gets a phone call from a woman who is suggesting that her husband has murdered one of her children and has abducted the other one and she is currently in the back of a van and she doesn't know what to do and she's terrified. And he is on the phone listening to her, okay? So all of the film is done with him with his headset on in this room where he takes all the calls. So the only interaction he has is with the other colleagues and with the voices. So with the other cops that he hears and with this woman, okay? So it's backwards and forwards between them. But he's got his own inner turmoil going on or his own backstory with his wife. He doesn't get to see his daughter, his wife, and he are separated and also, we hear that something happened, something went down, uh, which is why he is going to court for something that has happened. And we find out what that is later on. So that's that's the backstory. So far, so interesting. But ultimately, I think I needed a bit more than Jake Gyllenhaal with a headset on. I think that's all I wanted was a bit more than Jake Gyllenhaal with the headset on. And that's all I got. Great acting. He's obviously a brilliant actor, but uh, it is essentially a film with Jake Gyllenhaal and a headset and, and him talking to people on the... Yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> so you won't be watching it again, is what you're saying? Maureen, I don't watch films again. I've already told you that. Like, I, life is too short for me to be watching films over and over again. I, there are some films I have watched several times over. Sure, very few. And certainly that won't be one of them. Briefly, I will also talk about another film I saw, which is called Loose. 
L-U-C-E. And both films came out in 2019. And I think it's it's sort of a drama. They refer to it as a thriller. I mean, it gives it has all the hallmarks of going to be a thriller, but then isn't. It just isn't. It's a drama. You think, oh, oh, maybe this is going to happen or maybe that's going to happen or maybe the backstory is this or maybe the backstory is that. And then it's like, oh, no, it's, it's, it's none of those things. OK, so you've made us feel like there's going to be some big thriller thing. But at the end of the film, you're like, no, there's nothing there. OK, good. Great, 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 great. The main character is this young man, uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr., who plays the character of Luce, and he's a fantastic actor. And it's about, I guess it's about a young black man who is adopted by a white family. He comes from Eritrea, and he was a child soldier. I mean, casting-wise, he does not look Eritrean, but that's a small point. And he is now this A-class student in the U.S., you know, everybody loves him. The teachers love him, apart from one teacher who has a bit of a problem with him because he's not towing the line in quite the way that she'd like. And his parents set into a tailspin when they think, is everything that he happened in his childhood, is that going to now come out now as, a, as an adolescent? Is he a problem that we didn't even realise? And it's really about the expectations that we put on young black men to fit into either you are a hero, like you're a number one A-class student, or... You're a monster and there's nothing in between. You're either a problem for society or you're going to be Barack Obama. But in America or possibly even in this country, we don't like any. There are no shades of uh, grey there. And so I guess that is what the movie is about. And I uh, was bored, if I'm honest. I got the principle of the of the story. I, I think it's a great principle to, to follow. And some absolutely outstanding acting in there. Anomi Watts is in it and... Um, uh octavia uh I've forgotten her surname now is it spencer no, yes octavia spencer she's just an absolutely brilliant actor i think she's fantastic she's also wonderful in it it's really good but um yeah it just again it just didn't do it for me and i can't really put my finger on why and it got brilliant reviews it's it's a much much delighted uh movie so those are two movies feel free to check them out because guess what i am frequently wrong about these things aren't i more <laughs> you're never wrong jen Thank you, Maureen. That's exactly what you were supposed to say. Uh, Alison, what about what have you been watching um, horror-wise? Well, listen, what's right or wrong? Let's not get into that. It's all subjective because uh, probably, what, 97% of the movies I recommend people could say are wrong. So, you know, it's all subjective, everyone. Um, this week, because we were discussing the problem of a perhaps a gaslighting partner, someone who, uh, who uh, makes us doubt our reality... I decided to go with the horror movie, Midsummer. Now, I don't know if you guys saw it. It's on Netflix, Midsummer. yes. Is that the one with John Nettles? <laughs> uh, no, no. For a minute, I was like, was it? No, no. Uh, that's just a very, very awful uh, joke about Midsummer Murders. Uh, so Midsummer is from 2019. Uh, here's a little description. Danny's psychological trauma affects her relationship with Christian, her boyfriend, her lover. However, when they visit their friend's ancestral commune in an effort to mend things, it changes their lives forever. Ah. Essentially what happens, it's really good. So it's about going to like this commune. But basically, Danny is dating Christian. Christian wanted to break up with Danny because Danny's going through all this stuff. But he didn't quite break up with her. Danny's sister died. So he's just kind of been sticking along. She knows something's up. There's a lot of like mental manipulation from him to her. 
he was going to break up with her, but then he ends up feeling bad, so he takes her on this trip that he wasn't going to take her on. And then we get into what happens at the crazy commune, and I will not tell you anything more, but it is fantastical, in my opinion. It's, uh, I love commune stuff. Have you seen Wicker Man? Of course I have seen Wicker Man. Midsummer, I would say, has the feel of a little bit of Wicker Man-ish to it. Yeah. The Wicker Man is absolutely dynamite film. But on IMDb, Jen, this one got 7.1 out of 10. Ooh. Hey, listen, I'm looking at this right now. And can I just say, Metacritic gives it 72%. Rotten Tomatoes and their bastards gives it 83%. And you're right, 7.1 on IMDb. That sounds like it's an absolute banger. Although, to be honest, I don't take much notice of those things. You know, normally it's just Allison going, I really liked it. There's a microwave and you can eat people. Like, it's, you know, this is a bit more... There's something to it, gang. And it was it got a lot of great reviews. So, yeah, I want to recommend that. Midsummer. It's on Netflix. You can also get it Amazon Prime. I, it's pretty easy to find everyone. And I do think you will enjoy that horror pick. I might um, uh, check that out. Um, I realise I do quite like horror, having thought that I didn't like horror. But I, what I don't like is, and I, is this is this a genre, Alison? You'll be able to tell me. It's is it body horror? Is it gore? Like you don't like gore? Yeah, I don't. I oh, no, no, no. I don't like torture. I hate torture. Yeah, torture porn. You don't like that. Yeah, I don't like yeah. torture, and I don't particularly. I can handle a bit of gore, but torture is the thing I cannot. Like something like Saw or anything like that. I just can't. Or what's that one about when they're in a hostel or something? It's hostel, yeah. Okay, that one. (laughs) (laughs) The one about the hostel is called hostel. Wow, they really, they're thinking outside the box when they come to these uh, titles, aren't they? I think you would enjoy this one. Yeah, I think this this is a good one, everyone. So that's my recommendation. Alison, thank you so much for your recommendazione. Oh, let's, listen, we haven't got time to waste, have we? I mean, this is, we've, the energy that we have generated in this podcast, it could, it could power, a, 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 it could power COP26 and, and it would be, there'd be no green gases. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I'm saying. Let's just go over to Maureen, for God's sake. Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so uh, I'm going to do 80s thrillers. Oh, that's fun Ooh, for a cultural corner. I'm into it. Yeah. So one, I don't know if you've seen it, Jagged Edge from 1985 with Jeff Bridges and Glenn Close. I saw this in the cinema with my best friend and there was one other person in the cinema. And that's at one point I just started when I was screaming my head off. And I really annoyed my best friend because I was like, ah, like this. So if you watch it, you you might realise what, what point it was. But it's a neo-noir thriller. Basically, Jeff Bridges plays a guy called Jack Forrester and he's accused of killing his wife. And Glenn Close plays the lawyer and she defends him, but she's not sure whether he's guilty or not. But she still has an affair with him. Because, you know, when you're a middle-aged woman, you've got less choices, haven't you, really? So, <laughs> Is she even middle-aged in this? She's not, is she? Well, I mean, I think middle-aged in, 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 in Hollywood starts from 25, to be honest. So, yeah, she is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I might slightly exaggerating, but I'm not. It's not that much exaggerating. I don't think she's middle-aged in this, but certainly uh, it seems to be the kind of thing that uh, women did in the 80s. It's a really good movie. I, I know what happens in the end. 
because I've just remembered I've just because I saw I, did, I was like I definitely haven't seen that film and then I saw the cover like because I can remember getting it on video yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, a really yeah. good movie and Jeff Bridges is great in it he really he's, he's perfectly cast yes he definitely is as a sinister but handsome chap so because you're you're never really sure you know if he's guilty or not so anyway Jagged Edge totally recommend it uh, the next one is Sea of Love from 1989 um, Al Pacino plays a New York detective tracking down a serial killer who finds victims through a newspaper's singles column and it's men getting killed so they suspect it's a woman and during his uh, detective work he uh, he uh, comes across Ellen Barkin I do like Ellen Barkin and he's not sure whether she's a serial killer but he still has an affair with her yes I can see there's a theme here yeah <laughs> And it's also a very, very good movie. I don't know if you've seen that one, Jen. I don't know. I, I mean, it feels familiar. I've got a feeling, I've seen quite a few Ellen Barkin films and uh, I think I'd remember this one. It's a, again, I saw it in the cinema, but it was a very, very good movie. Totally recommend it. And the last one is another favourite of mine, Someone to Watch Over Me. And they use the uh, George Gershwin song as the, as the, as the music. I love, isn't that, that's what, that is one of my favourite songs. It's such a great song. And in it, it's um, Mimi Rogers, I think who was Tom Cruise's first wife, if I remember correctly, uh, plays a socialite who witnesses a murder by very bad people and they're after her. And Tom Berenger is the cop who goes to protect her. And then he kind of falls for her, but he's married. So what does he do? What does he do? Anyway, and, and that, that's kind of the setup for the movie. So I think I definitely have seen that. I mean, Tom Berenger was of his time, wasn't he? He was the man of the moment in the late 80s, early 90s. And he was in so many different films. And then he just disappeared, as, as, as happens in, in, in Hollywood, if you get too old. <laughs> well, it's just certain. I mean, it's very hard. It's very hard. I mean, apart from like, like some Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise, it's very hard to keep a, a career going. You know, it's like Michael York. Michael York was like in, seemed to be the you know the big star of the seventies, and then great actor. Then he kind of disappeared. Yeah, but I mean, but Tom Berenger had had quite a long day. So sort his sort of time was eighties, and even into the late nineties because he was in um, Platoon. Do you remember Platoon? He played that. I've never seen that. Oh, it's great. It's difficult to watch because you think about Charlie Sheen and everything we know about him. It's quite you think, oh, were you that innocent? But anyway, it is a good film. Um, but uh, yeah, he 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 plays uh, uh, a, uh, a sergeant or a colonel or a, I don't know one of those people in the army. But, uh, but I think they're all they're all good movies. You can all you can just then you can't stream them, but you can buy them. Okay, Maureen, and no one's going to buy them. Okay, or, that's well, you not going to happen. You can rent them from Amazon if you must. All right. Well, look, Maureen, thank you very much for those suggestions. They are, as always, brilliant. And uh, you can, of course, uh, WTB listeners, you can rent it, you can buy it, uh, you can stream it, uh, stick it up your jumper, do what you want with it. Apparently you can't stream it, actually, but um, though all those options are available to you. Uh, thank you for your cultural call and more. Maureen Lunger. Oh, God. Maureen Lunger. Maureen Lunger? Is that, uh, is that who's, who's Maureen Lunger? Can we have Maureen back? <laughs> I don't want to lose my shit over. Th okay, this is it. Right, let's go. It's happening now. I cannot handle this. <laughs> well, uh, we we're banging through this, aren't we, gals? We're we're getting right through. We're we're at the last section, the section that I like because you know we give you information. We like to keep you peppy but we want to end <laughs> on things we do want to end we want on to things end. that are angering us no things that we need to contemplate things that we need to be made aware of so jen what we want to know is 
What the hell is getting your goat this week? Look, let's not pretend that this bit is informative or, or indeed adds anything extra to what has been. Actually, we, we've learned a lot in this podcast. Uh, Maureen's delivered culture. You've delivered very good advice. What am I going to deliver? Just anger and uh, annoyance at certain things. Um, firstly, I just want to address the people who contacted me very kindly on various different social media platforms to talk to me about the poo hanging from the trees. Um, apparently, this is something that happens. It's a very normal thing. You hang a poo from a tree on the way to wherever you're going and then on the way back, you pick the poo up from the tree. But I'm just going to say to you, it's unacceptable for you to leave poo hanging from the tree even for 10 minutes. Take your poo with you. But that's not what I'm going to moan about, okay? I'm not going to moan about that but we've already established how I feel about poo hanging from trees for any amount of time. Just take it with you. I'm going to moan about those people. And again, I'm going to alienate my our WTB listeners with this. <laughs> but those people, and there's a lot of them in Brighton, okay? Because we live by the sea and there's lots of little cycle routes and what have you. But those fucking people on those electric scooters can fuck off, okay? I hate them. I hate them so much. For one thing... You look like a knob, okay, on those electric scooters. I'm sorry, but you're just standing there, electric scootering your way around. Why aren't you wearing a helmet? If you're going like 20 miles an hour, put a fucking helmet on your head. Also, all of these people are in black. It seems to be the uniform of electric scooter uh, 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 drivers. It's like, oh, I'll just wear all black. Listen, one, you're not allowed on the road. Two, you're not allowed on the pavement. Three, what the fuck are you doing with this thing? You shouldn't be allowed out. You're not actually allowed out of the house with these things. And if you are going to, I need to see you. I need to be able to see you when I'm driving or, or, or see you when I'm cycling. And don't creep up behind me when I'm cycling Then cut me up, you absolute prick. Yes, of course you can go faster. Yours has got an electric fucking engine thing. I'm using my goddamn legs like a normal person, huh? And you could all say, oh, these things are great for the environment. But are they? What do they run on? A lithium battery. Do you think lithium batteries uh, just grow on trees? No, you've got to get lithium out of the ground. So listen, use your legs, huh? Get a bicycle, use your legs. The only people that should be on electric anything are pensioners, yeah? Of course, get yourself an electric bike or whatever. But electric scooters, you look like a bell end. They're fucking annoying. And I've got no real rational reason, but I'm going to stick to my guns here and say I hate them. There we are. That's my goat. I'm with you. They're dangerous. They don't give an F about anyone around them. Do no, they? they're just zipping in and out, uh, 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 cutting up pensioners. And by pensioners, I mean me. And uh, <laughs> you can't hear these pricks. No. And they've always got... So wait a second. They've got head... They're on a quiet thing and they're wearing headphones. They're not even like, on a bicycle, you ding your bell. Excuse me, just to let you know I'm coming up behind you. Not these pricks. I actually wouldn't mind if I could hear the fucking thing. It just comes up and you're like, ah! You know... Your heart's coming out of your nose. Oh, God. That's absolutely obnoxious. I mean, I think we can all agree that these should be banned. Uh, where's the petition for that? That's what I want to know. I'll sign it. Uh, anyway, there, that's uh, that's what got my goat. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I can't imagine there's many people that are going to join me on that bandwagon. But uh, that, uh, that's... Listen, I'm, I'm not... join you on that scooter. <laughs> well, you're not bothered about... You never let things like that worry you, Jen. No, we've already established I don't mind alienating myself in public. Um, I do that all the time. Actually, it's my job. Uh, so there we go. Well, it seems like we've come to the end of this podcast that feels like it's gone on for 62 days because the first podcast we recorded didn't actually record. So uh, I hope you've enjoyed what I Due to popular demand. Due to po 
I tell you what, the first one we recorded was absolutely dynamite, wasn't it? And and people will never hear that. It was gold, absolute gold. I mean, there was a bit in there that I, I, I can't even, we can't repeat back because if we did, it wouldn't come with the same energy that we would deliver something about a bone. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Leave it. Let's leave it there. <laughs> women talking bollocks if you enjoyed today's episode then why not subscribe wherever you get your podcasts like us leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones particularly mine (laughs) well that do Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.